Okay, I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Tell your neighbors, Jesus lives in me. You can be seated. Good to have all of you here. Good word, honey, over there on the keyboard. Glory to God. You know, I want to um, share a word with you that God, God has been speaking to me. Sunday, we talked about overcoming the storms of life. And this is not a, a negative message tonight, so don't get the wrong idea is what, what I'm about to tell you. But overcoming the storms of life, last week on Wednesday, we talked about stop contradicting me. The word of the Lord tonight is living the word. Everybody say living the word. There's a big difference between living the word of God and knowing the word of God. Most of us just need to live what we already know. You need more manna. You need to learn more of the word of God. But we need to live what we already know. And and the blessings of God will come upon us. Jesus said in the world... There will be great tribulation, not the tribulation period when just before the rapture of the church, but, but the, there'll be a lot of tribulation in the world, horrible situations going on in the world. In Lafayette, Indiana, we live in a bubble. Uh, we live in a real bubble right here. We are in the Midwest. We have peace. We have tranquility. Uh, we have plenty of food. If you want to work, you got a job somewhere. It may not be the one you'd like to w- work at the rest of your life, but if you want to work in Lafayette, Indiana, you can work. You go to McDonald's and make $10 an hour. Go to Burger King and make $10 an hour, $400 a week. I know that's not a lot of money, but it'll keep you off the street. We have a lot of employment. You go to the Sudan, you go to other nations of the world, you've got chaos, you've got ISIS, you've got bombings, you've got terror, you've got people dying of malaria continually, you've got people with all sorts of sickness and disease, you have famine going rampant on the, Europe, or on the African continent. All of those things that are going on around the world are not affecting us, but there is a fight that is going on in the world between good and evil. And that fight is intensifying. And Jesus said, just before the end, just before the rapture of the church, just before we are out of here, things are going to be shaken. There is going to be spiritual warfare like we have never experienced. It's not going to be Kesara, everything is great, everything is going well. You got a president in the White House who says he knows Jesus. We had a president before this president who said he knew Jesus. The answer is not the president, the answer is not the Republicans, the Democrats, the independents, the libertarians. The answer is what? Jesus is the answer. Now, I say all this to say that the Word of God says that in spite of all of the things that I just described to you that are going to happen, the Word of God says they're going to happen. The Word of God is truth. If you believe the Word of God, they're going to happen. Winter follows fall. Fall follows. I, I started, I should have started the other way around because I know it a lot better. Okay, spring becomes summer, summer becomes fall, and fall becomes winter. I was doing it backward. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I couldn't remember. That brings me to my little joke for tonight. 
honey, you got, you're going to love this one, okay? This is a joke about old people that can't remember. People that get really, really, really old. And uh, these people, uh, the, this, this couple that is talking about, I don't know if it's true or not, but it is hilarious. But they're about 95 years old and they keep forgetting things. And so they went to the doctor and they talked to the doctor. They said, you know, we keep forgetting any things. We get angry with one another. My husband's always forgetting. Yeah, well, my wife is always forgetting too. And, and the doctor said, look, it's not uncommon that at your age you would start to forget things. That just is part of life. Said, why don't you both just start writing things down? And then if you write things down, you'll be able to carry that around with you and you'll be able to remember they said, okay, that sounds good. So they went home, and the husband looks at the wife and says, I don't need to write anything down. And says, yes, you do. You forget everything. And he said, well, you do too. And, and so they got into a little squabble and said, okay, well, maybe we will. So as the evening progressed, uh, they, uh, they were watching television one night, and then the old man, he gets up to go to the kitchen, and uh, the wife asks him, says, where are you going? And says, I'm going, I'm going to the kitchen, and uh, why, why do you care? And she says, well, I want a bowl of ice cream. And he says, well, I'll get it for you, sure. And says, write it down. He says, I can remember a bowl of ice cream on the way to the kitchen. And so they get in a little scuffle, and he, goes, she start, he starts out there, and then she says, well, I want strawberries on it. He says, okay. It says, write that down, because you're going to forget it. It said, I'm not going to forget it. You want ice cream, and you want strawberries. Okay. So then she said, wait. I want some uh, whipped cream on that, too. And uh, he says, okay. It says, please write it down because I know you'll forget. <clears throat> he says, look, I am not going to forget. And he's squabbling with her over that. And he goes out there and says, who can't remember ice cream, strawberries, and whatever it was. <laughs> Whip, whipped cream. <laughs> so he's gone for about 20 minutes out in the kitchen. Pretty soon he comes back. He's got a plate full of bacon and eggs. And, uh, and he, he takes the bacon and eggs over to her, and she looks at the bacon and eggs. She looks up at him and says, where's my toast? <laughs> I think, I don't know why, but I think about your mom when I hear that story. Oh, where's my toast? So anyway, back to what I was saying is that, is that we... We prepare for seasons that we go through. You come out of, out of uh, spring, and the preparation needs to be made for summer. You need to make sure that air conditioner is going to work. And then the same thing in the winter. You need to get ready to winterize your home in the fall, uh, leaves, and all that kind of stuff. We have seasons in the body of Christ. We are in a great season right now. Technology, blessings flowing, abundance flowing and all. But we need to get prepared for what's coming. And it's going to be a tremendous fight of faith. Everybody say it's going to be a tremendous fight of faith. And when things get shaken, you have to know who you are in Christ. And you have to be living the word. This will, know, this will not be a time to begin to live the word and think about living the word. This will be a time when you'll be called upon to walk with the word of God manifest in your life. And the three things I want to give you right now are probably the most important thing that you need to have. I believe just powerful scriptures that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave us that will give us the ability and the desire to live the Word of God. Number one, Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, that man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
The Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God will bring us through anything that happens. The Word of God will produce abundance in our life. The Word of God will produce health. Word of God will produce soundness of mind. No matter what is happening around us, the Word of God will prevail. Pastor Stanley, in the midst of horrible situations in the Sudan, famine going on over there now in, in Camp Rhino in, uh, in Uganda, but famine going on, sickness, disease, cholera, typhoid, malaria, everything going on, marauders, good guys, bad guys, you can't tell them apart any longer because they all are, are just being overtaken by demonic forces, yet a bright light is shining through Pastor Stanley because he stands on the Word of God and he says, our God will take care of all of our needs according to His riches and glory. He just went through typhoid, he just went through malaria, he just got healed and his son Daniel now is in the hospital because he has malaria, because the United Nations will not work over there to get rid of malaria. They're more concerned about the ground and than, than the people. And so, but we got a man over here who's at the helm of the ship and living the Word of God every moment, every day. That's what you and I have to do. And it says that if we live the Word of God, that we live what God says, then we'll have what the Word of God says. Mark eleven twenty two, the other scripture that Jesus gave us that we should just absolutely have burning in our spirit, it says, have faith in God. Let's just say, have faith in God. Not our government, not our elected officials, not our job, not the finances we have in a bank, not our retirement. I have faith in God that no matter what happens, He's going to bring me through if I'm doing what He tells me to do. If we'll position ourselves, everything is going to take care of it. Now, the other thing that we have to have to live the Word of God, this will change your life because we're going to get into why people don't receive the blessings of God in their life like He wants them to have. This one right here is Mark chapter 12. And it's verse number, uh, I think it's verse number 28, uh, verse number 30, I'm sorry. <clears throat> when Jesus was asked by the, the, the lawyers, the scribes uh, over there, it, it said, what is the greatest commandment of all? And he said, love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Let's all say it. Love God, all of my mind, all my soul, all my heart, all my strength. Do you want to know why most people are not blessed by God and don't live the Word of God? It's because they don't love God. If you love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, you're never going to want to stray from serving God and from doing what the Word of God says. And so these scriptures right here are so foundational to our walk with the Lord. Nobody is going to serve God because they have to. You will eventually stray away. You may have been raised in a church where you had to do this and you had to do that, and the first time you got a chance not to have to do it, what did you do? You went out and did something else. Because you weren't really in a love relationship. When you get into a love relationship with God, we don't serve Him because we have to. We serve Him because we want to because we know how much he loves us and now we want to love him with that same love and so then it's not a yoke upon us a bondage it is I want to live the word of God because I can help other people I want to live the word of God because it pleases God see when you live the word of God you're walking by faith if you're not living the word of God you're not walking by faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and Hebrews 11:6, such a powerful scripture says, without faith, 
It is impossible to please God. Is God up there as a taskmaster trying to get a whip against us and saying, if you don't walk by faith, I'm going to do something to you? No. God is pleased and blessed when he can bless his children. And he blesses us by faith. Faith is the conduit, and faith is living by and walking with the word of God in our life. Now, if all of this is true, what I'm saying, then what should be the most important thing in our life? The most important thing in our life should be, am I living the word that I already know? Ask your neighbor, are you living the word that you already know? That's what you are responsible for. You're not responsible for living a word you don't know. God would not hold you to something you don't know. But by his spirit and by hopefully your desire, you're learning more and more and more of the word of God continually. But for most of us, we just need to live what we already know. The word of God says in Isaiah, uh, I believe it's going to be up there in just a moment for you. But Isaiah chapter 55 It says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, They're not our ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As we get to the end, this is so powerful. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it spring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing which I sent it. What will the word of God do? It will prosper. The word of God says we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. The word of God says I have the mind of Christ. The word of God says I'll be blessed. In everything that I do, as I hearken unto the voice of the Lord my God, and that his blessings will come upon me and overtake me. The word of God says that he wants to bless us. So therefore, when our mind is full of the word of God, no matter what we see in the world, we know that we serve a higher force. Does that make sense to everybody? If it makes sense, just say, it makes sense to me. Now we're going to get to the crux of the message. And the crux of the message is in Mark chapter 4. And it's a story that Jesus is telling about the parable of the sower. About a third plus of all of the teaching of Jesus was done in parables, telling us an illustrated story. And in this one, he's telling the disciples this story. And he's paraphrasing, or I'm paraphrasing the first part of it. He's talking to them about seed that's going into various kinds of ground. And he's talking about how the seed's really not producing. And the disciples said, well, we don't really understand that. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4, verse 13. And the disciples said, we, we don't really understand that. And Jesus said in verse number 13 of Mark chapter 4, if you don't understand this story, then how will you understand any of the stories that I'm about to give you. Let me turn over there so I can get with you. And I believe this is where a lot of the body of Christ is today. Pam and I have been in ministry. Verse number 13 of of Mark chapter 4. If you do not understand this parable, then how will you understand all of the parables? In other words, the things that he was teaching. How long have we been in ministry? 40 years? 
40 years, I can't think of a time, and maybe there has been one, where somebody has come to me for help to ask or counseling or something like that, that after we haven't talked for a while, they end up telling me what they're doing that is contrary to the Word of God. You, you, you all with me? In other words, yeah, you know, I, this isn't working in my life, but, da, da, and I said, well, are you doing what you know to do? Well, no, I'm not. Now, I know it sounds funny. We've said this over the years. Nobody likes to come to me for counseling because when they tell me what they should be doing, they're not doing it. I say, why are we talking? You know, we're just wasting our time. You just keep doing what you're doing, but you're going to keep having what you're having. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and say, I understand that. <clears throat> and that if you know what to do, and you don't do it, then you're not living the Word of God. You're detaching from God. He's not detaching from you. You're detaching from God. But if we'll do what the Word of God says, and we'll let it work in our life, then we will have the blessings of God upon our life. See, a lot of people say, my mind is all messed up. When you say your mind, how many, now my hand is raised. I know there are times my mind is all messed up. I know that. I can, get, I can wake up sometimes and my mind, how many of you, your mind sometimes goes wacko on you? Now, we don't get up and confess that my mind is wacko. We get up and we say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. My mind is renewed to the word of God. And the more I start to say that, I do what? I live the word of God. My mind follows what I say because the Word of God is powerful and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So the Word of God dispels darkness always. Everybody say, the Word of God, word of God. Dispels, darkness. dispels darkness. If I feel ill in my body, I declare I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, my body follows the power of the Word of God. The, my mind follows or will, will do whatever I tell it to do. Tell your neighbor, your mind will do whatever you tell it. That's called having a renewed mind to the Word of God. Word of God says, present your body a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and then you will know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So when we're living the Word of God, we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. We're walking by faith in the Word of God that is active and alive. Everybody say active, active. and alive. Why can you have two people who know the same amount of word and one is blessed continually and one's got the joy of the Lord in their strength and they're going through the same thing and somebody else is caving in over here? One is living the word of God and the other is not living the word of God. So if you're ready for a good fight, you're living the word of God. If you're not ready for a good fight of faith, you want to run away. How many of you ever wanted to run away? I just want to quit. It's too hard not going to talk about myself or, wife, or, or my wife, but every once in a while you can say, glory to God, not again, not again. And then you come to your spiritual senses and you realize this is what we're called to do. This is what God has put on our heart. And this is what God has put on your heart. If you're not living the word of God, you can't be used by God to help somebody else. But if you're living the word of God, it'll change your life. Now, let's get into this message right here. The crux of this message, <clears throat> we have uh, just replaced a tree or in the process of replacing a tree at our home. And uh, the, the problem was the tree died. I didn't understand it. And it was on life support for a long time. I don't, I don't know how these spikes sticks work, but I'd go to Lowe's uh, 
for the last three years, and I'd put spike sticks in the ground all around the tree, and I'd pray for my tree, and my tree didn't make it. My tree died. And, uh, and so, but anyway, I was talking to this person about it who, who dug the tree up, and he said, well, the tree can look good on the outside, but the root system, there's, there's a problem with your root system of that tree. That's why the tree died. I'd go out and I'd look at the leaf, and in the springtime I'd see the little buds, and I'd say, oh, they look great. <clears throat> Pam would say that. <laughs> Maybe you're the problem. Pam would say that. Pam would say that tree's dying. I'd say, honey, there's buds on that tree. It's going to be all right. And this is the spring, and it's going to bud, and every year it would bud, and it would look good until about the middle of May. And then it looked like October on my tree. My, my tree, the leaves would start to die in the middle of October. And I'd put in some more spike strips, and it looked like it got on life support for a while. And then it went through fall again. It kept, it was confused what season we were in. Finally, we had to get rid of the tree. Because the root system was not working the way it was intended to work. Now we've got a new tree coming. Now, it's very similar to what we're going to read here in the parable of the sower. And over my years in ministry, and even in my own life, I've seen myself in some of these where you, 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 you realize that you've strayed a little bit from the Word of God. It says in verse number 13, what I read to you early, earlier when they said they didn't understand, Jesus said, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all of the parables? The sower, the sower sows the Word. And then he gives an example. He gives four examples. This is the first example. And then the first example, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now the word wayside means a condition of neglect or misuse. Everybody say, a condition of neglect or misuse. I can't even begin to tell you how many people have come to this church, come to this altar, given their heart to the Lord, had, I can tell, a miraculous, life-changing experience, and then come back maybe the next Sunday, and maybe the next Sunday, and then we never see them again. And then maybe a year later or two years later, you get a call from the jail to come and visit them. Or you drift in the church and they need some help and then they drift right back again. They're on the wayside of spiritual living. They are not doing what they know to do just a little bit. They're not plugged in. Does that make sense to you? And so in other words, they go out into the, into the world after they leave here and they get to the wayside of life just kind of Kesarah, Sarah, whatever, they're not plugged into the word and the devil is waiting on them. You know what I'm talking about. Every single one of you have been in either this church or another church. You've been in a powerful service. The word of God has really ministered to you. You walked out of there and almost an hour or two hours or a day later, you're going to be tested by the devil. He's coming for the word. The more words you have, the more word he will come after because you are becoming dangerous to him. 
When you don't have much word working in your life, you're just out there and he's letting you go. But the more word you start to get, can I see the hands of all the people you've experienced exactly what I just said? It's like, oh my goodness, I came to church. I felt absolutely wonderful. Everything was great. And now I've been out for two days and I feel like all hell is broken loose. That is what the devil is trying to do. He comes immediately to steal the word of God. The people on the wayside are sitting ducks because they're not plugged in. And that definition, again, when I looked that up today, because when I was praying over this message, I thought, you know what, I don't even know what wayside means. On the side of the road, that's what I thought. But it means a condition of neglect or misuse. This is what the devil comes and steals from them. Then he gives an example of a second group of people. These likewise are the ones that uh, the Word of God goes into stony ground. When they hear the Word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Now, I don't have any of your name written down here. But when I read these, I can just picture names. I can picture people. Oh, I know who this is. I might tell my wife, but yeah, you know, I know who this one is. The, the, these are the, the stony ground who when they hear it, they immediately say, Oh, Pastor, that was an awesome work. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it was so good. I, I know exactly who that is. He used to work for you. And they, and they have no root. They have no root in themselves. And so they endure for a time. But afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Have you under what under why you're always under attack from the devil? You know, you're being blessed and all, and the devil keeps attacking. He comes, tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. And immediately what happens to them? They begin to stumble. They begin to stumble. They don't have a root system in this. How many of you eat more than once a week? Can I see your hands? How many of you eat like once a month? What, what would be the most important thing, to eat the Word of God and to live the Word of God or to just eat food? I think everybody would say, eat the Word of God, live the Word of God. But I'm amazed at the amount of people that I'm not, I don't know what they do when they're not in church here, but I know that we have some people that are here every Sunday, no matter what, they are here every Sunday. Some are here every Wednesday, some are here every other, some are here every other month. Some are here every other Easter, and we, <laughs> and they come whether they need it or not. And, 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 and so what's happened then is when that tribulation comes, for the word's sake, they are a sitting duck for the things of God, that the things of God wants to do in their life. So then there's a third group, and this third group, I believe, is a group that we have that is multiplying quickly on the earth today. And the third group it says, now, these are the ones that the Word of God is sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in, choke the Word, and it becomes unfruitful. These people are easily distracted. Maybe they're kind of like the Marthas of the world, that when Martha and Mary were sitting at the feet of Jesus, Martha was distracted, 
And Jesus said, you are worried and troubled about many things, but Mary never left sitting at my feet, and she's chosen the good part. I've never seen so many worried and distracted people in all my life as what has happened with modern technology. Modern technology is distracting people. I know it by the spirit, and I can't articulate it exactly, but I almost ran over a lady the other day coming out of our neighborhood. Uh, she's walking across the, the street, and uh, she, no, no, it was Murdoch Park. I was coming through Murdoch Park. And, and she was going across the street. She had her cell phone in hand, walked right in front of my car. Fortunately, I saw her, and I stopped, and, and my car runs pretty soft. So she's talking on the phone right in the middle of the street, and my car is right she is two feet from her. And she's talking, and all of a sudden she looks around like this, and she kind of jumps, and, 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 and she doesn't take the phone down and say, I'm sorry. She goes like this, and just keeps, keeps right on talking and right on doing whatever she's doing in her distracted moment. There are so, we have so much modern technology today and there's an exponential curve going on right now with new technology developing. Uh, you know, they got the wristwatch. You're going to have implants very shortly. Uh, they already have them. They're experimenting with them. You can implant these watches. You can implant things. Oh, my goodness. You can get tattoos on your forehead that say 666. I mean, this is a great, this is a great era coming. And people are buying into it. We have, now I understand that I am not a millennial. Revelation to most of you, I'm sure. <laughs> but the millennials of this world, for the most part, are into technology and things. That in and of itself is not wrong, but it is dangerous because it's very close to bring it out. Now, this is going to hit close to home. And so some of you are going to say, now he's going to meddling. <clears throat> this is not a Bible. This is a cell phone. Now, I know uh, many of you use your cell phone in church for your Bible. So please forgive me. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I want to know something. This technology was not developed by a Christian. This technology, as is most, a lot of the technology, was not developed by anybody that was Christ-centered. I can take this cell phone, and I can pull up John chapter 10, <clears throat> that says, 10.10, that says that Jesus came to give us the life and give it more abundantly. Hit a little button. I can hit another little thing right here, and I can pull up pornography. And I can start watching pornography, or I can start watching the Bible. You with me? Okay, so when you've got technology that's flowing all of it together, there's a spirit attached to it. You with me so far? Okay, the spirit that is attached to this is the spirit of the Holy Spirit. The spirit that is attached to this, now if you're, if you're in that millennial stage right here now, you're probably starting to tune me out, but I'm a good guy. Uh, but but, but there's, a different, there's a different spirit. There's a different spirit. Now, there's nothing wrong. Don't, don't feel like you can't bring your cell phones and read your Bible out of, off of and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to feel bad about it. 
But I'm telling you, there's something that is pulling, like a magnet, people away from living the Word of God, watering down the Word of God. Who would have thought that denominational churches would start to turn on the uh, sanctity of marriage? Who would have thought that some of the denominational churches would have turned on Israel the way they are? Who would have thought the Methodist church is doing some of the things they are today regarding Israel? All of a sudden, there's a slight deception coming, and there's, there's this busyness of everything going on. There's this distraction coming. The Word of God says distraction will pull you away from the things of God, and there's a distraction that's going on about people even coming to church. We have people that on Wednesday nights, now you're really going to think I'm meddling right now, they have people that used to be here on Wednesday nights, and a lot of our youth over there on Wednesday nights, and now they have ball games on Wednesday night, and now they have activities on Wednesday night, and now they have activities for their family, and now we hear uh, people doing things and doing things, and they're on a treadmill. None of those things are wrong. So please, everybody say, none of those things are wrong. But if you get on a treadmill that's going the wrong direction, what is the only way you can get back where you belong? You get off the treadmill and get into the direction where you belong. Now, let's read this again, because I believe that uh, there are a lot of people that are not ready for the fight that's coming. How many of you realize that the fight that you've already won is a good fight? Tell your neighbor, say, that's a good fight. A good fight is not when you get the crap knocked out of you. It is not a good fight. A good fight is when you do that to somebody else, and you walk away, and you have defeated that person. Jesus defeated the devil, powers, principalities. No matter what type of tribulation comes, no matter what shaking goes on in this earth, we are victors. We are, we are going to prosper in the midst of any situation that we're in. We are going to prosper if we're living the Word of God. So we come back here again. These are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares, that word means distractions, the distractions of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. With our grandkids, I don't see it so much with our granddaughter, but with a lot of our grandkids, we just tried to impart to them, don't go to to college and get the, the, the profession that pays the most. What are you called to do? What are you called to become? It's never about money. It's always about serving God. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things choke the word of God and it becomes fruitful. There are so many other things out there today that are trying to vie for our attention. How about you yourself? How many of you found a lot of things trying to vie for your attention? You know what it's like. And, and what's going to buy for my attention? Well, I need to read the Word of God today for an hour, but I don't have an hour, but I can spend something else doing. And all of a sudden, your whole life begins to shift in a direction that you don't want it to. Recently, I felt like the Lord told me I was getting, my wife is going to laugh when I say this, but I was getting more and more involved in some of the things in the church that were basically administrative, financial, stuff like that. And all. I felt the Lord said, You need to be looking less at that. You're getting too involved. I don't want you involved in that. 
and, and, and God showed me what to do. I had to make a decision that was hard for me because I was being pulled in a direction that I felt like God didn't want me to go. And it wasn't a bad thing to check out the finances of the church, to check out how everything was flowing, but it wasn't something that God wanted me to center my attention on. How many of you got something like that going on in your life where the Lord is speaking things to you that, well, what I'm doing is not a bad thing, but yet God is trying to redirect you into getting ready for what's coming. See, if, if you know that winter is coming and it's going to be 20 below zero every day, you're going to prepare your house differently than if you have a mild winter like we had this last winter. One of these days, we're going to have a winter where everybody will wish they got prepared for what was coming. Well, it's the same thing in the world today. Believe for the best, but also know that what Jesus said is coming is coming. So are we prepared for a good fight? Am I walking by faith and not by sight? Do I know that God will take care of all of my needs? For the things that I'm going through right now, am I going through them strong by faith? Are the things that I'm going through right now are really causing me despair? Am I really having a challenge with the things I'm facing now? Because the things we're facing now are nothing compared to the things we will face. We are going from glory to glory. That means battle to battle, fight to fight. But the fight of faith is a fight that's already won. Let's say we've won the fight. But you got to show up for the fight and you got to fight it by faith. You've got to actually do what God said in all of this. Now, then there's another group. And this is the group I am confessing over you. Here is the fourth group. The fourth group, Jesus said <clears throat> in verse number, 19, uh, number 20, these are the ones that the word is sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. The word of God says in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, shall ask whatever you desire and it shall be done. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. The word abide means to coil about and to become as one. Best way I could describe it is if you ever walk through a woods, ever walk through a forest, and you see a tree that has another tree growing around it, and it's gnarled together, and it's just absolutely, you look at it, and you can't tell one from the other. It's just, it has become one over a period of time. That means we become one with the word of God. When the attack comes, we respond with the word of God. I know who I am. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I know that I can't fail because God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that I'm the head, not the tail. I know that I have the mind of Christ. I refuse anything contrary to that. You are ready for a good fight. And as a matter of fact, wherever God wants you, you're looking for a good fight because you know you got the word of God. Let's stand to our feet. You get to the point when you are so strong and so powerful in the Word of God that you get up every morning on an assignment from God and say, God, here I am. I'm on assignment. What do you have for me today? I want you to go to your neighbor and talk to that old guy who cussed you out the other day. And say, oh, God, I don't want that assignment. I want another assignment. And that means you're not ready for the fight of faith. God speaks to you and says, I want you to give $50 to this guy that you don't even like, this woman you don't even like. And you say, I don't want to do that. Now, you're not ready for a fight of faith. A fight of faith is like being in the military. 
The fight of faith is you get up every morning and you got your standing orders. And your standing orders are you are called to imitate Christ. You got the uniform of Christ on every morning and you're called to be exactly like Jesus everywhere that you go. Walking in love, walking in compassion, loving mankind, but tough on the devil. You're ready to attack that devil every time he sticks his ugly head up. And you're on assignment from God. And then God says what to do. I say, I don't want to do that. God says, I want you to start exercising Mark. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's meddling now. I want you to start exercising more. And you say, I didn't hear that. Glory to God. We'll pray for your hearing. And then he says, I want you to eat right. He says, I want you to go to Brenda's class on Monday night. Say, I don't have time. I'm too busy eating popcorn, drinking Coke, and having a hamburger. No, you, you get to the point when you're distracted. It's easy to be distracted by self. It's easy to be distracted by those things around you. But we can distract ourselves. I know I should go there. But I'm tired. I want to sit back in my easy chair and do nothing. Or God says, get up at five in the morning and read the word of God. And you say, I don't think so. That's the person who's not committed to live the word of God because they haven't fallen in love to the point that whatever God says that settles the issue, that's what I'm going to do. And I believe that we're alive at a great time. I don't know when Jesus is going to return, but I love Pastor John Hagee. And when I watch Pastor John Hagee and I hear him say, I believe that man is so much more studied than I am when it comes to the end times. Uh, He's awesome, in my opinion. You may not agree with everything he says, but I think he's awesome when it comes to the end times. And he says, I believe everything has been positioned for the rapture of the church and that at any moment, Jesus could do that. Don't you want to be in the middle of the fray when all that happens? What were you doing when rapture came? Well, I missed it. (laughs) Pam and I joke sometimes, and it is a joke. I forget what I was doing. I was sharing something with her, and I think she was thinking, like, okay, if you're going to die, you're trying to show me what to do here. But that wasn't it at all. I was just joking with her. And she said, why are you showing on me this? And I said, well, honey, in case the rapture comes and you're left, you don't know how to, you don't know how to do it until I see you again. And she laughs and she says, I'm going up in the rapture too. Well, I'm hoping all of you do, but why not have a great fight of faith in the midst of it? Why not be on total assignment from God? Every moment, we're not working for ourselves. We're not working for that company to make money. We are on assignment from God. God, how do you want me to handle my life today? I'm going to live the Word of God. And will you enter into that lifestyle, driving down the street, praying in the Holy Ghost, asking God what He wants you to do today, asking God what to do. Some people get up, and I'm not saying this is necessarily wrong, but it's wrong for me. Some people get up, and they want to spend time with God and tell Him everything they want. God, I want you to know everything I want. I want you to know everything I think. I want you to know everything, God. God knows everything about us anyway. He knows everything we have need of. I want to get up and find out what God wants me to know. And if I find out what God wants me to know, I know I'm prepared for the world. I'm prepared for the day. I'm prepared to live my life. And I need to know what God wants. So when I get my prayer journal, I say, God, what do you want me to hear today? I'll be very honest with you. Sometimes I hear things and I think, Oh, God, I don't know if I want to do that or not. But that's a moment of insanity. Then I come to my spiritual senses, and I realize I love God more than I love me. And I want to do what he wants me to do. I don't always do it, 
but I always want to do it. Does that make sense? How many of you always want to do what God wants you to do, but you don't always do it? That's the life of self-control and discipline that we need to develop and let flow out of us because the Holy Spirit lives in this temple and the Holy Spirit lives in your temple and the final fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. So let's just say, I have self-control. You may not always let it flow, but you have self-control. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? The most important question you will ever answer is, do you know without a doubt that if you died today, you'd go to be with Jesus? Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You know you've strayed away from the things of God. Good news is God loves you, but even along with that, he's calling you home. And if you're here and you say, I know my life is not right with God, and I know that I need to let him back into my heart, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air, and we're going to pray for you. Yes, I see your hand over here. I see your hand over here. I see your hand back there. Yes, ma'am. Over here. Yes. Yes. Those of you lifted your hands over here. Come on down here with me. Right here. Right here. Ushers, help us right over there. Right there with that lady. All the way back here. That second row. Is that you? I don't know. I think so. I'm not sure. Give them a hand. We got. Okay. That, that's all right. If you, don't want, if, if you don't want to come. All right. That's all right. I understand. We're going to pray for you right where you are. Okay. Let's all pray this prayer right now. Let's pray. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you. Now, Father, I pray for every single person here today. I know that we can walk out of here and thinking, okay, that was a good word. Or we can walk out of here and thinking, Lord, I heard that word. And there are some things in my life I need to change so that I can live the word of God. I pray that there's not a one of us here, myself included, who can't do a better job of living the word. How many of you, that would be you? You say, that's me. Father, you see every hand that is raised. We're going to make a confession, Lord, in just a moment. But I pray for every person here, Lord, that we would have a desire to grow closer to you, to live your word, to meditate your word. Lord, you told Joshua, Joshua, if you will meditate my word day and night, if you'll live my word day and night, you will have prosperity and good success. I don't believe it's any different today than it was in the days of Joshua. So, Lord, as we make this confession, I believe that you will show every single person how to go to the next level for the fight of faith that we're going to be encountering. We thank you for that. This is your confession, and speak it out after me. Lord, Lord forgive, me forgive me 
for times when I have not lived the word. I love you. I want to serve you. I want to live your word. From this moment forward, I'm going to do everything in my power to live the word. I know it will change my life. I know it will change the life of others. So therefore tonight, in my life, is a life-changing moment. And I make this decision and dedication. I will do everything in my power to live your word for your glory. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. How many of you believe that's God's will for your life? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. 